You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. <laughs> now, um, here, uh, 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 Cecilia is going to help me for a scene, and I only want to explain that um, my main character, Swan, and I have to admit that I've read to you all the side pieces and you haven't met any of the characters or had the plot, but that's okay. That's 600 pages for another time. Um, but um, Swan, our protagonist, is a woman who has tried all the various cool things that could be done through a rather long lifetime. And one of the things that she's done is to have a quantum computer placed into her uh, skull in back that can both speak into the air aloud in a rather muffled voice, I must say, but also uh, can speak inside her inner ear so that she has a permanent companion that is a quantum computer named Pauline. So um, they have a somewhat conflicted relationship. Have you got this where we can? Is this going to work? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Yeah, I've got to figure out. We'll get where ah. we can do voices. Can, can you hear me there? Yeah. Everybody can, can hear me. Back? Yeah, are you okay, this is? Okay. <coughs> Which one? Crank it up. Okay. Let's see. We're going to try reading. This is sounding a fair bit louder. Okay, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot better. Crank it up okay. to 11. Yeah, not 11, please. Okay. So let's give this a try. This, is, this chapter is called Pauline on Revolution, so it seems like a good time for that. Mm-hmm. Swan accompanied the inoculants back to Mercury in the first transport available, which was a terrarium only partly finished. She walked up flight after flight of metal stairs to get onto the open roof of a skyscraper, which was almost touching the sun line. From the low G roof, she could look back down, out, up, everywhere. It was a heavily shadowed cylindrical space, crisscrossed with struts, floored by bare rock. The building was lit like a single lit corner. The building was like a single-lit corner in a castle of Banksian immensity. The ground at the foot of the skyscraper was several kilometers below, the ground on the far side of the sunline only a bit farther away. A gothic ruin with some poor mice people huddled around the warmth of a final candle. It had not been like this in the early days when a newly hollowed cylinder was the very shape and image of possibility. That her youth had come to this, that the whole of civilization was really something like this, Badly planned, incomplete. Swan hooked her elbows over the rail to get some stability in the low G. She put her chin on the crossed hands and still regarding the scene said, Pauline, tell me about revolution. At what length? Go on for a short while. Revolution, from the Latin revolutio, a turnaround, refers often to a quick change in political power, frequently achieved by violent means connotation of a successful class-based revolt from below. And their causes? Causes for revolution are attributed sometimes to psychological factors, like unhappiness and frustration, sometimes to sociological factors, especially a systemic standing inequity in distribution of physical and cultural goods, or to biological factors in that groups will fight over allocation of limited necessities. Aren't these different aspects of the same thing? It is a multidisciplinary field. Give me some examples. Name the most famous. The English Civil War, 
the American Revolution, the French Revolution, the Haitian Revolution, the Taiping Rebellion, the Russian Revolution, the Cuban Revolution, the Iranian Revolution, the Martian Revolution, the revolt of the Saturn League. Stop, 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 stop. Now, tell me why they happen. Studies have failed to explain why they happen. There are no historical laws. Rapid shifts of political power have occurred without violence, suggesting that revolution, reform, and repression are all descriptors too broad in definition to aid in causal analyses. Come on, come on. Don't be chicken. Someone has to have said something you can quote, or even try thinking for yourself. That's hard, given your insufficient programming. You sound like you are interested in what some have called the Great Revolution. Or perhaps you are interested in social revolutions, referring to massive changes in a society's worldview and technology. Thus, for instance, the Upper Paleolithic Revolution, the Scientific Revolution, the Industrial Revolution, the Sexual Revolution, the Biotech Revolution. Where am I? The Accelerando as a confluence of revolutions, the Space Diaspora, the Gender Revolution, the Longevity Revolution, and so on. Indeed. Well, but what about success? Can you list necessary and sufficient conditions for a revolution to succeed? Historical events are usually too overdetermined to describe in the causal terminology from logic that you enter into when you, see, when you use the phrase necessary and sufficient. But try. Historians speak of critical masses of popular frustration, weakened central authority, loss of hegemony. Meaning? Hegemony means one group dominating others without exerting sheer force. If the paradigm becomes, comes to be questioned, loss of hegemony can occur non-linearly, non-linearly, linearly, starting revolutions so rapid there is not time for more than symbolic violence, as in the 1989 velvet, quiet, silk, and singing revolutions. There was a singing revolution? The Baltic states, Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania called their eight, 1989 withdrawal from the Soviet Union the singing revolutions, referring to the behavior of the demonstrators in the city plazas. That brings up a point. People in physical masses seem to matter. If enough of the population takes to the streets in mass demonstrations, governments have no good defense. They must dismiss the people and elect another one, as Brecht said. That being impossible, they often fall, or a civil war begins. Surely the literature on revolutions can't be this superficial. You're just quoting random stuff. You have a mind like the rings of Saturn, a million miles wide and an inch deep. Catechrisis and, and antiquated measurement units indicate irony or sarcasm. Coming from you, probably sarcasm. She said sarcastically, you search engine you. A quantum walk is a random walk by definition. Please upgrade my program anytime you feel you can. I've heard Wang's other algorithm is good. Some principles of generalization would be useful. All right, all right. I'll go on about reasons that revolutions happen. People adhere to ideas which explain and offer psychological compensation for their position in the class system of their time. Have they all been class systems? There might have been classless societies before the Neolithic agricultural revolution, but the record makes our understanding of those cultures very speculative. 
All we can say for sure is that in the post-Ice Age agricultural revolution, which was one of those more general revolutions that took perhaps a thousand years, a division into classes was institutionalized as a state power apparatus. So, never a classless society. Supposedly, classless societies have been instituted after certain revolutions. But there are usually leaders in these which quickly form a new ruling class. And the various social roles taken by citizens of the post-revolutionary state revert to classes because of differential value given to different social roles, leading to a new hierarchy being constructed fairly rapidly, usually within five years. So all cultures in history have had class systems. It is sometimes asserted that Mars is now a classless society with a complete horizontalization of economic and political power throughout the population. But Mars itself is a bully now. I mean, in the total system, they're like an upper class. People have said the same thing about the Mondragon. Oh, well, and we see how well that's going. Compared to the situation on Earth, it could be said to be a great success, indeed a revolution of sorts following incrementally on the Martian Revolution. Interesting. So, make up a recipe for a successful revolution. Take a large mass of injustice, resentment, and frustration. Put them in a weak or failing hegemon. Stir in misery for a generation or two until the heat rises. Throw in destabilizing circumstances to taste. A tiny pinch of event to catalyze the whole. Once the main goal of the revolution is achieved, cool instantly to institutionalize the new order. Very nice. That's really very creative of you. And now, quantify the recipe, please. I want specifics. I want numbers. I refer you to the classic Happiness Quantified by von Prague and Ferrer E. Carbonell. As for the process itself, Thomas Carlyle's The French Revolution is always interesting to ponder. He has numbers? No, but he has a hypothesis. Happiness Quantified has the numbers. A synthesis seems possible. What's Carlyle's hypothesis in a nutshell? People are foolish and bad, especially the French, <laughs> and are always quickly seduced by power into insanity, and therefore lucky to have any kind of social order whatsoever. But the tougher, the better. Well, all right, but what's the synthesis then? Best self-interest lies in achieving universal well-being. People are foolish and bad, but want certain satisfactions enough to work for them. When the goal of self-interest is seen to be perfectly isomorphic with universal well-being, bad people will do what it takes to get universal well-being. Even revolution? Yes. But even if the bad but smart people do general good for their own sakes, there are still foolish people who won't recognize this one-to-one -one isomorphy, and some foolish people will be bad too, and they will fuck things up. That's why you get the revolutions. Pauline, you're funny. You're really getting quite good. It's almost as if you were thinking. Research supports the idea that most thinking is a recombination of previous thoughts. <laughs> I refer you again to my programming. A better algorithm set would no doubt be helpful. Well, you've already got recursive hypercomputation. Not perhaps the final word in the matter. So do you think you're getting smarter? I mean wiser? I mean more conscious? Those are very general terms. Of course they are. So answer me. Are you conscious? I don't know. Interesting. Can you pass a Turing test? 
I cannot pass a Turing test. Would you like to play chess? <laughs> <laughs> if only it were chess. That's what I'm after, I guess. If it were chess, what move should I make next? It's not chess. <laughs> Thank you. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. <laughs>